0: San Francisco Port Commission for July 11, 2023. Roll call. President Kimberly Brandon? Here. Commissioner Gail Gilman? Present. Commissioner Ed Harrington?
1: Here.
0: Commissioner Stephen Lee?
2: Here.
0: Vice President Willie Adams will be absent today. The San Francisco Port Commission acknowledges that we are on the unseated ancestral homeland of the Ramatisholoni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the Indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Rama have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Rama community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. I I
3: move them.
1: Second.
0: We have a motion and a second.
3: All in favor? Aye. Aye. The minutes have been approved.
0: Item number three is public comment on executive session.
3: Thank you. Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none, Corey, is there anyone on the line?
4: For callers on the line, please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. At this time, there is no one on the line wishing to make public comment.
3: Thank you. Public comment is closed. Next item, please.
0: Item number four is executive session. There are two executive session items. One, public employee appointment and hiring, and two, conference with legal counsel regarding anticipated litigation matter as agendized. <coughs>
1: I move that we enter in the closed session. Good.
2: Second.
3: We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 We are now in closed session.
5: Yeah. SF Gov TV, San Francisco Government Television.
1: SF Gov TV, San Francisco. Presley approved the appointment of Nate Cruz to CFO, Chief Financial Officer for the Port of the City and County of San Francisco. I further move that we disclose no other information from closed session.
3: Is there a second? Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Jenica, uh, public comment, no? Next item, please. item. Item
0: number six is the Pledge of Allegiance. I
1: pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with
6: liberty and
0: justice for all. Item number seven is announcements. Please be advised that the ringing of and use of cell phones and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting. A member of the public has up to three minutes to make public comments on each agenda item, unless the Port Commission adopts a shorter period on any item. Public comment must be in respect to the current agenda item. The Commission will take in-person and remote public comment on each item, beginning with commenters in person. For remote public comment, dial one 655 one and enter access code 2664-310-3650-pound-pound then dial star three to raise your hand to comment on the item being discussed. An audio prompt will signal when it is your turn to speak. If you are watching this meeting on SFGov TV, there is a short broadcasting delay. To not miss your chance to comment, please dial when the item you want to comment on is announced, mute your device, and listen to the meeting from your telephone, which has no delay. Item number eight is public comment on items not listed on the agenda.
3: Thank you, Danica. Do we have any public comment on items not listed on the agenda? Seeing none, Corey, do we have anyone on the phone? At this
4: time, there is no one on the phone wishing to make public comment.
3: Thank you. Public comment is closed. Next item, please.
0: Item 9A is the Executive Director's Report, and for callers who wish to make public comment on this item, please dial star 3 to raise your hand to comment.
7: Good afternoon, President Brandon, members of the commission, members of the public and port staff. I'm Elaine Forbes, the executive director of the port. First, I want to acknowledge a very historic anniversary we're having on Thursday. The Ferry Building is turning 125 years old. <clears throat> there will be a celebration for the public that opens at 11 a.m. And the first 500 in line will get free ice cream sundaes from Humphrey's Slogan. Uh, the Gemstone Band will perform on the back plaza, and for our young people under seventeen, you can ride the ferries all day for free. At twelve thirty, Mayor Breed will lead a ceremony, and we will produce a time capsule of mementos, well wishes, and other important items that will be stored in the clock tower until twenty forty eight, when the building will be one hundred and fifty, and that time capsule will be opened and enjoyed. Later in the afternoon from 4 to 6, Fort Point Beer Company will host a happy hour in their beer garden with $5 pints that will not be available to the free 17 and under ferry riders. Uh, but there will be fun for all, so please come if you are able to join. I'm excited to start with good news on key our key three strategy areas of economic recovery, growth, equity, and resilience. Last Thursday, the California State Transportation Agency, or CALSTA, uh, awarded uh, us $21 million to modernize our maritime terminals at, in the Southern Waterfront at Pier 80 to reduce emissions in the Bayview community. The state made a major contribution of $1.2 billion uh, for the supply chain, a huge investment in California ports. This $21 million award will advance three key projects at Pier 80 to accommodate larger ocean-going vessels with higher cargo volumes, to support the rebuilding of Amador Street, and the made. this is a major vehicle artery, artery to our Port Maritime Eco-Industrial Areas, and to study the development of a 100-vehicle electric truck fleet at Pier 96 to reduce carbon emissions. We hope... Our ultimate goal is to have uh, build a battery or a hydrogen fueling station that will move us much closer to the city's zero emission goals. Notably, this is the first time ever, ever that we have received supply chain money from the federal from the state government. I am very, very pleased. Uh, we believe that all our efforts really have put us uh, as in the game and recognized as part of the supply chain. In, in that ecosystem of the supply chain. I really want to thank our commissioners, also the work of the California Association of Port Authorities who have seen our value, and our delegation at the state uh, that has made this happen uh, with a sincere thanks to Assemblymember Phil, Tank, Phil Ting who is on that budget committee. Because of these, ex- uh, these external funds, we have now an ability to put ourselves in a much stronger position for offshore wind operations. Um, including fabrication opportunities. Simply put, uh, this really provides a roadmap for us to build a greener and cleaner southern waterfront of our future, providing good jobs and re- resources for an underserved community. We're very grateful. Uh, Senator Tokes Amashekin is the leader of CalSTA, and they are... Um, Presenting a value based criteria in which to do these awards safety, climate action, equity, and economic prosperity. While the words are different, we can immediately see how the state's desires through CalSTA align with our goals economic recovery and growth, equity, and resilience. Congratulations to everyone who made this happen. We're looking forward to seeing the ribbon cutting for these projects. More on economic recovery and growth. First to Cruz. Despite last week's uh, Ruby Princess unexpected stay in San Francisco and her uh, happy return to seas on Sunday, I'm very happy to report that for this fisi- fiscal year, we have had the highest ever uh, cruise calls in passengers and passenger numbers. For cruise calls, we're at 110 calls with 390 390,967 passengers visiting San Francisco, and this is a hundred thousand passengers more than our previous record. I'd like to thank our cruise partners at Carnival Corporation, Princess, Metro Cruise, our labor partners at the ILWU, Port Staff in the Maritime Division and Maintenance Division, and other key stakeholders who have made this happen. It is absolutely a record-breaking year for Cruise. For wharf activation, I'm excited to say that we're formally launching the Peer Party at the Wharf. This is an outdoor summer uh, concert series uh, that starts this Friday, July 14th. And it is in partnership with the CBD, the Fisherman's Wharf Community Benefits District. and calls on the uh, Soul source award that this commission authorized a $2 million investment. Uh, This series will bring Bay Area artists to perform live at the wharf at the crab wheel every weekend to help revitalize and beautify the space. Um, You'll all receive invitations to the Friday concert, and this will be where local artist Sam Johnson will play at the first performance. Um, So we hope to see everyone there supporting the activation of our wharf. Now, I'd like to speak about our credit rating and our budget. More positive news. Over the last three months, all three bond rating agencies have affirmed our rating, and two of them have improved us to from a stable outlook, from negative to a stable outlook. So we're A, A, and AA3. Um, and I'm really really thankful to the finance team and all the work we've done with our capital budget to show that we have a plan uh, for our financial future um, and that we are on on good footing. This improvement was based on really our strong revenue recovery as well and our healthy, healthy reserve levels. So after that pandemic where we spent down so much of our savings, I'm just so relieved that we received the ARPA funding. We were able to get ourselves back in shape and the credit rating agencies are seeing that. Last week, at your request, the Board of Supervisors approved our supplemental appropriation, roughly $1 million. Uh, This includes resources for the Mission Bay parks that we are taking on, uh, which will be transferred to us from the redevelopment agency, OCII. Um, Critically, these these costs are reimbursed through the uh, taxes that are set up. Also. Mayor Breed is going to join us and our partners at OCII and Rec Park on Thursday, July 20 for a community event that really officially marks our transfer of Bayfront Parks along Bay and Terry Francois Boulevard into our Port Portfolio. The details are still coming together, but the celebration will include residents and stakeholders and will be held from 5 to 630 at Mission Creek Park, Park, Park Pavilion located at 290 Channel Street. Now, I'm turning to resilience, and I'd like to speak about one of our resilience projects. Uh, Our proposal at PIERS 3032 uh, received uh, unanimous support uh, from the State Assembly Natural Resources Committee. AB 273 passed through that. That's another important step to to realizing this vision for PIERS 3032. Uh, The project, as proposed, would provide $400 million in investment in resilience closely matching the entire size of our 2018 Prop A bond uh, for the seawall. The bill was introduced by Senator Weiner, and it was authorized by the State Lands Commission which allows us to consider a project on Piers 3032. Um, along with other things, we have numerous community amenities proposed here, public walkways, open water swimming, recreational boating and an Olympic sized pool, retail and dining facilities. I put this project specifically under resilience because of the proposed $400 million, which is an incredible investment in addition to these other public amenities. At the state hearing, I had the opportunity to present, but I was joined by a much better presenter, Hell. Hudson, who is an avid swimmer in the Boys and Girls Club, and talked about the opportunities swimming has provided for his life and uh, his enthusiasm to see both uh, a pool swimming and bay access facilities that facility that would be available for other youth. I look forward to continuing to work uh, on this project with the team and Senator Wiener. And just for the benefit of the public, the project proposes office which is a private use over water as a way to pay for all the other amenities. And that required the state legislature to look at our unusual site and see that that was appropriate for our state lands. Back to the resilience program, uh, we will be coming to you next month uh, to talk about the Army Corps study and the adaptation strategy. So this is an opportunity to really hear about all the work that's being produced and where we are landing with the Army Corps of Engineers so you can guide us further along in this process. And as always, I want to thank you, commissioners, for your dedication uh, to keeping our waterfront clean, safe, and vibrant, and for advancing our very bold strategic plan. And that concludes my report. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Elaine. Great report. Uh, We will now take public comment. Is there any public comment regarding the executive director's report? Seeing none, Corey, do we have anyone on the phone?
4: At this time, there is no one on the phone wishing to make public comment on the executive director's report.
3: Thank you. Commissioner Gilman?
1: Um, thank you, Director Forbes, for that great report, and congratulations both on the $21 million. Um I know there was a, um, with the Port of Oakland, who also receives an award, I know um, that there was an announcement, but that is phenomenal. And I really want to thank the government relations team and Boris, who I don't think is joining us today, for his hard work in getting... Um, This through Um, It's the first time we've received these funds, so congratulations. And I also just also wanted to comment on um, getting through state lands on Pierce 3032. I think it's going to be a game changer for our waterfront. Um, And let's not forget our lonely um, seawall, which will also have housing and other amenities built on it, um, and affordable housing, um, which is also part of this project. So just thank you for your report, and it's exciting to see these things move forward. Thank you.
3: Commissioner Lee.
2: No, I mean, great report, Elaine, as usual, and it's good that every month we're always moving forward, so congratulations.
3: Thank you. Commissioner Harrington? And
8: again, thanks for the
3: report. No comments. Thank you. Elaine, thank you so much for the report. I want to again congratulate Nate on his new role. I really look forward to working with you. We've worked so well over the years, and I think you're perfect for this job. So congratulations! Um, con- there's so many congratulations. I mean, 100. I, I mean, 21 million dollars is just phenomenal. The fact that we were able to get an allocation is absolutely wonderful, um, and then to also have our bond rating increase because of the amazing work our finance team is doing and the the total team of just managing our affairs across the waterfront. And uh, congratulations on the 110 cruise calls, I mean that's the first since I've been here that we reached 110 and that many passengers coming to the waterfront helping us with our economic recovery is just phenomenal. So I, 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 there's just so much to be thankful for, and so much to congratulate the entire staff on. I think we're doing an absolutely wonderful job, and thank you so much for acknowledging it. Elaine, Jenica, next item, please.
0: Item 10 is the consent calendar. For callers who wish to make public comment on the consent calendar, please dial star three to raise your hand to comment. Item 10A requests approval of a cooperative agreement between the San Francisco Bay Area. Rapid Transit District, BART, and the Port of San Francisco for the repair and replacement of a fire water line and fire hydrant and delegation of authority to enter into future agreements to repair property for tenants and government agencies. That is resolution 2332. Item 10B requests approval of consent to sublease between Blue and Gold Fleet, LP, and Worldwide Foods, LLC, DBA Cousins Maine Lobster under a month-to-month term to operate a cafe area retail space and mini food cart, all totaling approximately 1,824 square feet, located at Pier 41 on the Embarcadero near the foot of Powell Street. That is resolution 2333. Item 10C, requests authorization to advertise for competitive bids for construction contract number 2788, Hyde Street Harbor Repairs. That is resolution 2334. And item 10D requests authorization to advertise for competitive bids for construction contract number 2796, South Beach Marina repairs. That is resolution 2335.
3: Thank you. Can I have a motion? I I so move the consent agenda. In zero
2: second. I well oh, okay. I I second all the time. You know, <laughs>
6: <Okay>. I second. <laughs>
3: Thank you for that second. We will now take public comment. Is there any public comment in the room regarding the consent calendar? Seeing none, Corey, do we have anyone on the phone?
4: At this time, there is no one on the phone wishing to make public
3: comment. Thank you. Public comment is closed. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Resolution. 30 I'm sorry, 23, 32, 33, 34, and 35 are adopted. Jenica, next item, please.
0: Item 11A is an informational presentation to consider and possible action to approve the proposed fiscal year 2023-24 monthly rental rate schedule, monthly parking stall rates, and special event rates, parameter rates. That is Resolution 2336, and for callers who wish to make public comment on this item, please dial Star 3 to raise your hand to comment. Good afternoon,
9: President Brandon, Commissioners, Executive Director, Forbes. My name is Kimberly Beale. I'm the Acting Deputy Director for Real Estate and Development, and I'm joined today by Don Cavanaugh, Senior Property Manager with the Port, and Santino DeRose with Maven Properties to present an informational presentation with possible action on our parameter rents. In addition to Don, I want to acknowledge and recognize a lot of other port staff members who helped with this report: Jennifer G, Sandra Oberly, Monaco Corral, Joyce Chan, Josh Keen, Andre Coleman, Dominic Marino, and Dimitri Amaro. So first, I'd like to provide um, a little background on. Um, for these rates and how we set them and looking at our property in relation to the market um, and, and the market performance, I'll then discuss the rates, proposed incentives, and clarifications and end with questions and staff's recommendations. So parameter rates, which include landing fee schedule, harbor rates. Land and our water use rates reflect current market value and are one of the directives used to manage our properties. And the basis of our delegated authority that gives staff the ability to enter into property agreements without competitive bid provided the terms conform to ports leasing policies. When we go through this process, it's done with staff and a third party consultant team. The consultant reviews and and analyzes comparable market data to then provide staff with their market findings. We look at our own leasing activity and review all the existing rates along with the consultants to determine if a rate should increase, remain the same, um, decrease, to then come up with the proposed rental schedule, which is attached in the staff report. The consultant team, um, this year we used... Keeser Marston Economics, along with Maven Retail, who's a broker that is subcontracted through Keeser Marston's findings are attached to the staff report. So through our consultants and their market analysis, we learned that with office space, there's a lot of vacancy, um, which includes a, a number of turnkey spaces in all classes. Um, To stimulate stimulate leasing, (coughs) landlords are offering incentives such as free rent, higher TI allowances, furniture, smaller security deposits, as well as parking incentives, um, and also upgrading their buildings to meet the needs of modern businesses, which include adding high-speed internet and smart building systems. For industrial properties, uh, tenant demand has remained relatively stable as supply has remained limited with the majority of construction activity focused on life sciences and retail. There's been an increase in vacancy in flex space, which is a combination of office, warehouse, and retail space, and um, and where the vacancy for logistics space, um, which is primarily used for distribution and fulfillment centers, remains close to its long-term average for hospitality which includes food and beverage um, the there we see a significant or, or the businesses there are significantly significantly impacted due to employers adapting full remote or hybrid work policies although there are no hotels on port property we note that the hotel occupancy has increased as it's a sign of tourism returning. So in looking at the port's performance, a port directly manages approximately 330,000 square feet of Class B and Class C office. While there is Class A office space on port property, it's managed by master tenants such as Hudson, Prologis, and Orton. Currently, we have about 17.2% vacancy for office, which is higher than the city's rate of 16.8% for Class B and 15.3% for Class C office. Vacancy for industrial space, which includes our sheds, um, many of which have limitations on what you can do with them or in them um, due to lack of high docks, old electrical distribution systems, weight limitations. Etc. is about 11.9%, which is higher than the overall industrial vacancy for San Francisco, which is about 5%, but similar to vacancy for flex space. We have other property that's either land under a master lease or parking leases, and that has a low vacancy rate of about 6%. So with regards to rates, uh, once the rates are set and approved, these are the delegated authority which allows port staff to enter into leases with rates not below the approved rates for terms up to five years, up to a million dollars, and on our boilerplate lease. The largest I will I was, I'm sorry the last change to parameter rents was adopted in August of last year at which time one hundred and fifteen rates listed. Um, approximately 40% of those rates remain the same, 10% were decreased, and the balance increased slightly. For fiscal year 23-24, we are proposing to keep the majority of rates the same. This pertains to locations where we might have trouble finding tenants, given the current market, or we may have tenants that are interested, but their use is not compatible with what we have to offer. There are two locations we are proposing a slight rate increase, um, and these are locations where we have a low vacancy rate or a high level of interest. This This will impact interior space at the Ag Building and shed space at Pier 45, although for Pier 45 the increase does not pertain to fishing industry uses. We are also looking at a decrease at Roundhouse 2, where there is a high building vacancy, this is um, one of our office buildings. And again, given current markets, we are looking to decrease the rates at that location. So in looking at ways to try to entice tenants (laughs) um, to come to Port property as well as to retain our existing tenants. We are unable to offer many of the incentives some of our other, or some of the landlords are offering in the public sector, but we can provide incentives for longer terms. We are seeing more office tenants take advantage of the ramp-up rate incentive that was adopted for fiscal year 22-23, and we're proposing to continue this incentive, again, not only as a way to spur new leasing, but also as a way to retain our existing tenants. Based on the recommendation of the consultant, we would also recommend offering a half-month free rent for leases of three to four years with a ramp-up rate. This leasing tool would then be used um, where if you have a three- or four-year lease, we would ramp up your rate so that you would pay 70% a parameter first year, 80% in the second year, 100% in year three. For a four-year lease, that would be 70 80 90%, 100%. And then, again, we would um, allow for a half-a-month free rent on the anniversary, then, of the lease term. We're still seeing that tenants are apprehensive into in, in entering into long-term agreements. So we would, um, as another tool, propose to keep um, the ability to offer tenants a termination right. So if they enter into a lease of three to four years and things don't go as they had hoped, they can get out um, by paying a termination fee equal to the uh, one month um, times the number of years remaining on the lease. Along to This is to account for the discount that they were given in the early years, um, plus any, un-off, any unamortized leasing incentives and port's administrative costs for processing the termination. For shed space, uh, with some of the challenges we are seeing in, in leasing our shed space due to, again, limitations such as lack of high docks, again, the challenges with the electrical distribution, et cetera, we are proposing a ramp-up rate incentive for shed space. The incentive would be um, similar to the office incentive, where we would offer a half month free rent for leases of three years, with again uh, ramp up rates of 70, 80, and 100% of parameter. We are also proposing to continue excess rent sharing, where if a tenant is able to sublease and get a rate above market, we would split the excess revenues of not less than 50% to the port. This is something that was piloted in 2021, and while not a common scenario, it is a tool that would allow us to try to keep tenants in place if they are able to sublease um, even a portion of their space. With maritime use, we are proposing to continue the maritime triple triple threat incentive, which applies to new and existing tenants. Uh, With this tool, um, the use must include three of four of the types, uh, following types, that would be office, shed, apron, and submerged land. Um, We could then offer a discount on the office rate, which would increase 3% per year. If a tenant is able to lease all four locations, we would then not charge for the submerged land, which is tied to use of their apron space. Um, For a couple of clarifications, this is pertaining to development items Um, for what we're calling dual jurisdiction. So this is in cases where public works charges a permit fee for use of sidewalks and open space on city-accepted port-owned streets to ensure that licensees are not paying public works fees on top of port standard license fee for the same use. Port staff proposed to waive, um, proposed, I'm sorry, delegated authority be given to allow a reduction in port's license fee in an amount equal to the port's, I'm sorry, the public works permit fee. So again, that way um, tenants are not paying double fees. Although we have come to an agreement recently with public works where they're saying they would not charge a fee and port would be able to, license um, those uses. Again, this is a concern. Things might change. People retire. So since we don't have anything when writing, this is something that we, we would like to have delegated authority for. There are also some public improvements that Port will own. However, we'll be assigning all of the maintenance and liability to another party as part of a development project. Under the licenses or other real estate agreement covering the maintenance responsibility, the responsibility for taking care of these items will be at no cost. So again, we don't want them to have to pay us to maintain our improvements that are in these public areas. And so I I just want to touch briefly on special events. So while we must charge parameter rates, Special events are not a key revenue-generating item for a port. Revenues for fiscal year 2022 were 125000 versus 207000 in 2019, and last year um, it made up about 73000 For fiscal year 2023, we're proposing the continuance of fee waivers for port-sponsored events and fee reductions of nonprofits and equity-focused events. Fee fee waivers would be available for diversity, equity, and inclusion events up to $7,000 per event, which could cover the entire cost of the permitting. Um, We would limit the waiver to $60,000 per year for all of the events during the year that might apply, and if we hit that $60,000 max, we would then allow a fifty percent reduction for additional events. This is something that we that was adopted last year. I just want to mention we did not hit that max, so we're hoping um, to see more activity with this next fiscal year. We are also proposing to update the fee schedule to increase the annual budget limits from $2 million to $3 million for nonprofit eligibility for a 50% fee reduction and proposing to keep discounts for our pop-up RFQ events, offering them a discount similar to other to our nonprofits, however, adding that concession and ticket fees may apply. So at this time. I would like to again recognize staff that helped put this together, and take any questions that you may have. And if we are on a good path, ask that you consider approving this, approving this action. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. We uh, can I have a motion? I
1: so
3: move. Second. Thank <laughs> you. We will now open it up to public comment. Is there any public comment on item eleven A? Seeing none in the room, is there anyone on the phone?
4: At this time, there is no one on the phone wishing to make public comment on this item.
3: Thank you, Corey. Public comment is closed. Commissioner
2: Lee? Uh, I mean, it's fine, you know, these rates. I'm just curious. Um, things similar to like uh, restaurants or, or incoming people that maybe want to have an opportunity Are we giving any other incentives besides a half-month free rent, or is there going to be a separate category, you know, for, you know, people who want to take over, say, Alioto's and renovate and spend half a million dollars to at least get the restaurant up and running? I mean, uh, those are usually capital improvements, but um, are we offering any kind of incentives to get these restaurants or even small kiosks going um, and some of these smaller spaces to keep the, the the tourists interested in, and especially when we're getting so many more port uh, cruise ships coming in, especially in the in the situation where they got damaged and they had nothing to do for three days, you know, um, there should be a lot more of these smaller places around the port that could be um, maybe attract other entrepreneurs to come in.
9: Thank you for that question, Commissioner Lee. So, if you've noticed. There was not anything mentioned here with regards to retail, and that's because retail opportunities do require competitive bid, unlike um, the parameter rents here. So that is something that would be handled more on a a case-by-case basis when we start receiving proposals for those opportunities. And then, two, there was the there was the authority that was granted by the commission and the board of supervisors, where we can provide certain uh, dollars to businesses to do certain capital improvements, and that would come into play with those retail uses. So we do have some some ability there.
2: So, so these rates that are listed here um, do kind of are some of the spaces that have restaurants on them and whatnot that you can still uh, work with right I mean
9: So these rates are primarily for our office um, as well as our shed, industrial vacant land, um, berthing, parking those types of spaces. So again it, it's not pertaining to retail uses which do require that we bid competitively.
2: But a, re- a retail um, entrepreneur say mm-hmm. wants to take over, say, a space for a parking lot, or you know, that's on here. It's it is possible
9: for parking. No, that would still require a pe- competitive bid.
2: Right. But if they like that site, can they competitively bid? For they could, right?
9: Yes. If we were if we were soliciting offers or bids, yes, they okay. could.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm still new at this. So, there's so many different things. So, I just want to make sure that the small businesses get a chance. And there's a lot of people that want opportunity, but it scares people. You know, and I'm just wondering, uh, with these rates, if it's actually helping to attract more people, or scaring more people, or not getting any offers at all. So,
9: so again, with what we're proposing, um, we are hoping that it will actually attract people as well as. Um, a- incentivize our existing tenants to remain because there are, we are reducing rates for them to enter into agreements of a longer term. Okay.
3: Great.
2: Okay. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Thank you. I see your hand raised, but I'm sorry the public comment is closed on this item. Thank you. Commissioner Harrington.
8: Thank you very much, Ms. Beale. This, obviously a lot of work went into this and I appreciate all that. I have a couple questions and if you don't know the answers today, you can just send it to us. Don't worry about it. I guess the first question is um, what what percentage or what dollar value of the port's revenue are covered by these things? As we were talking a minute ago, it doesn't cover retail. Is this, is 30% of our revenue covered by this kind of a process? Or can you give us any idea of what that might be? Or again, re- respond in writing later on.
9: I will need, I, I would like to be able to respond in that, to that in writing to make certain that I'm providing you with accurate information.
8: That's great. And the second part of that is, I realized, you know, ninety-six percent of these are staying the flat, which is great. Some are going up, some are going down, but I have no sense of the value of those increases or decreases. Is it is a quarter here worth fifty dollars or is it worth five hundred thousand? So again, if you could give us some idea on those ones that changed, what the value of those changes might be?
9: Yes. I will respond to that in writing. Great, thank you very much. Thank you. Ooh. Commissioner Gilman.
1: Those were great questions, Commissioner Harrington. Um, I just had a couple of questions, too. Could you just maybe walk me through the logic of why a half month as a incentive? Is that something we're seeing in the market? How does that compare to other places? I just found it odd that it's a half month and not not a whole month. So can you walk me through the thinking or the strategy there?
9: So I don't know if Santino is on the line and would like to be able to respond to that, but I will say it was recommended by our consultants. So that being said, it is something that is being seen in the in the marketplace, and something that we felt we could match. And so um, we supported their recommendation and are presenting it here to you for consideration.
1: Okay. And same thing here. If we don't have this all today, you can respond to us back back in writing. Um, I'm.
10: Okay. I'm. Hi. I just wanted to jump in. This is Tensino at Maven. I'm. I can do. If you can repeat that one more time, I can probably give you a rough.
1: Sure. My question just sort of was why a half month? Why not a full month? Um, sort of what the methodology was and what the strategy was behind a half month as an incentive, half month um, of um, rent forgiveness.
10: Uh, you know, this is, this is in addition to a ramped up schedule. So we're, what we look at is the effective rent, meaning what's the rent that the port is going to get at the end of the day after all of the free rent, after all of the, um, you know, half rent as you go. We, we wanted to give the ability to. We, we want to try to give the port the tools needed. And again, this is parameter, So our assumption is that this isn't an automatic give. It's, it's just providing staff with tools to um, to negotiate. You know, a, a transaction and maybe we don't give away all of it, but we want to expand and try to give as much as we can away without, um, you know, to, to try to incentivize and to try to compete with the private sector that um, can offer things that, that unfortunately port doesn't have at its disposal. So uh, I think if, if, we, if we have the 70, 70, 80, 90, 100 ramp up and then we have a one month free instead of a half month we're really giving away quite a bit.
1: Okay, I was just curious. Um, th- thank you so much for that, for responding to that question. You're very
10: welcome, thank you.
1: And then um, Ms. Beal, the other question I just had was, um, on the special events, increasing the budget for the nonprofits, again, this is just a curiosity question. I, I'm always supportive of giving our nonprofit brothers and sisters a break when they capitalize poor property or use, like, for, for for either for their nonprofits or for the community. But have we seen that we've had nonprofits approach us that were above two million? Is that why we're moving to three again? What's the methodology? Why not move to five?
9: So no, we have not had, um, and thank you for the question, we have not had a number of nonprofits that are even at the two million that have approached us. So again, we were just trying to provide additional opportunity, and since we haven't had them come to us even with the two, we just thought we would increase it by three, so it was arbitrary.
1: Okay. Thank you.
9: Thank
3: you. Kim, thank you so much for this um, report and um, I think my fellow commissioners asked a lot of great questions and I'm happy that we're keeping a, a large percentage of our rents the same and we're not increasing too soon after. You know with the recovery that we're going through and so I think you guys did a great job and I I would like to see um, the information that Commissioner Harrington requested because one of my questions was you know what's at Pier 45 what other type of uses are at Pier 45 besides the fishing industry so just wanted to know why
9: that um, there was such high demand at Pier 45 So, with that, I I don't want to put Don on the spot, but he is the senior property manager for Pier 45 and may like to answer that question.
11: Hi, I'm Don Cavanaugh, senior property manager for the port and I handle Fisherman's Wharf. Pier 45 is primarily uh, related to the fishing industry and there's three sheds. Two of them are primarily fish processors. Uh, Then at the very end of Shed D is gear storage, and Shed A is primarily gear storage, and Shed C has the port maintenance yard and some parking. So the primary tenants at Pier 45 are all related to the commercial fishing industry.
3: So in the report it says there's low vacancy and high demand and we're, we're supporting a rate increase at Pier 45 for non-fishing industry uses. So are there
11: other non-fishing industry uses or? Well, the typical tenant or prospect is fishing industry. It's set up for fishing industry. You know, the only thing, like maybe at the front of Shed B, there's uh, prep space for like restaurants. And so that's a very small triangle of the overall total. So you've got that, Um, there might be parking um, where the, you know, the, the, it's not available to the public, but it's it's for the processors, the restaurant workers, and the, like, for example, the crab boat deckhands that go out. So there's very limited opportunities for anyone other than fish processing type. So
9: I, want that's to right. a so I think one thing I, I would like to add is the, although, um, as Don has mentioned, the primary use is fishing industry, and we would probably continue it, as such Um, sometimes we do get requests for storage uses it might be a restaurant space Um, there are other retail spaces in the area or businesses in the area that might need storage space so we could be approached by one of them not to say that that is something that we would use the space for um, or they might not even want to use it for that because if you've ever been in 45 you'll know there's definite it's definitely used for for uh, fishing. So this is really just a way in being proactive if for some reason we were approached um, by a non-fishery fishing use and wish to lease it for that purpose. Although again, I think the likelihood of that is very small. Thank you. Commissioner Lee.
2: Um, Don, (laughs) uh, I just want to just caution, you know, the, you know, our draw, our big draw is the fishing industry and, you know, I'm all about, you know, balancing the books, but raising the the rent on the fishermen, you know, I would really like to use that as a last resort and really push some of the other spaces that we could give more incentive to because I believe if it's empty, like some, we're not making money, we're still losing money, so why not give a little bit more incentive for some spaces that are empty rather than raising the rent on workers you know and and mom and pop operations uh you know be, just because it's just it's full you know it's a it's been a spot there for years but i just want to caution not to you know uh, okay yeah it's doing well let's raise the rent because i, I you know we still got to keep them in business and and we know that the fishing and the crabbing and, the, and with uh the climate change you know they don't they don't get to sell their products on time so I just want to make sure that we're we're, we're keeping, uh, you know, let's not put too much pressure on them.
9: So Commissioner Lee, thank you so much for your comments. Definitely appreciated and and, um, understood. I just wanted to mention again that what was proposed is not something that would affect fishing uses. So again, it would really be for non-fishing uses. But again, the likelihood of us doing that is is fairly small. Oh. We are just, again, doing this more as a proactive measure. Right.
2: So somebody who wants space there that they're not fishermen, we could basically go market value on those if it's available. Correct. Okay.
9: Thank you.
3: Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Uh, so we, we have a motion and a second. Yes. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Any opposed? Resolution 2336 is adopted. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Jenica, next item, please.
0: Item 11B is an informational presentation to consider and possible action to approve a resolution recommending the Board of Supervisors waive any applicable requirements of the competitive bidding process with respect to the unsolicited proposal from Fisherman's Wharf Revitalized LLC for the leasing and phase development of portions of Seawall Lot 30301 and Pier 45 Sheds A and C in Fisherman's Wharf generally located bayward of Jefferson Street between Taylor Street and Powell Street. That is Resolution 2337, and for callers who wish to make public comments on this item, please dial star three to raise your hand to comment.
12: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Mike Martin, Assistant Port Director. I'm very happy to be here today to talk to you again about the unsolicited proposal we received back in February regarding um, the triangle parking lot area, the little Embarcadero and Pier 45 sheds A and C. If I could get the slides up please. Um, So here's an outline of my presentation today. Uh, I'm gonna review the process we've had with you and the community to date. We'll review the results of our request for information regarding interest in development proposals in these areas and then end with the analysis of those processes and our staff recommendation of where to go from here. So to start out, I wanted to frame this by, again, revisiting the proposal that we received. Um, It was delivered by Fisherman's Wharf Revitalized LLC, which is comprised of Lou Gerardo, Seth Himalian, and Chris McGarry. Um, The proposal seeks uh, the potential construction of one or more new buildings on the Triangle parking lot on the eastern end, housing a visitor's center, a winery, brewery, distillery operation with an education component, and potential short-term vacation rental units. The western portion of the lot will be reserved for a second phase, so we can see how the first phase resonates, or how the project sponsor can see how the first phase resonates, as well as understanding how the area is evolving over that time. Um, This this first phase of the project would also include an expanded waterfront walk along the little embarcadero, with resilience improvements along that area, as well as a more uh, sort of open and inviting public plaza area perhaps including the closure of the road to through traffic, although we'd have to study that to understand if that circulation plan would work. Um, Turning to Pier 45, Shed A would include an experiential museum regarding the fish industry and the history of the wharf. Um, It would include a wholesale market as well as a food hall, uh, exhibits as well as a park-like setting. And then moving out further on the pier to the Shed C site, um, that would include more public access areas for the vistas back towards Um, Fisherman's Wharf itself as well as uh, an event center to have events and attractions and bringing people to Fisherman's Wharf and out onto the bay. So as we discussed with you um, in an information item we brought to you shortly after receiving the proposal in February, the waterfront plan lays out a series of policies and processes that that are uh, recommended to be followed upon the receipt of an unsolicited development proposal. Um, The idea is this outreach should be conducted before seeking Board of Supervisors consideration of the waiver of of the competitive bidding policy. So that they'd have more information from port stakeholders and the commission as they consider that action. The process that's laid out in the waterfront plan is for the developer to provide their written submittal that describes the proposal. Then port staff would convene a port advisory committee meeting or meetings for review and comment. And then we bring back the, the results of those meetings to the Port Commission for a discussion and an informational meeting for to review where that landed and to summarize where things look in terms of the Port Commission's reactions. Stepping off into that process, we scheduled three meetings in March, two meetings in Fisherman's Wharf, and one meeting of the Northern Advisory Committee to get to review the proposal. We came back to you on April 25th to review stakeholder comments regarding the locations selected for development, the proposal as a whole, and its impact on Fisherman's Wharf. We analyzed the proposal's relationship to the goals of the waterfront plan you recently adopted. And we summarized the exclusive negotiations process that would jump off from here if there was a waiver of the competitive bidding policy. As an additional step coming out of that April 25th discussion, port staff issued on May 19th a request for information to determine where there were other actionable proposals to lease and develop the areas called out in the Fisherman's Wharf Revitalized proposal along the same lines. The port received two responses by the deadline of June 21st and both were attached to today's staff report. One letter was a follow up submittal from Fisherman's Wharf Revitalized second was a letter from Dan Gerardo, chairman and CEO of Boudin Bakery, the operator of the port's tenants at the Boudin flagship and the Chowder Hut, which, which each flank the triangle parking lot. Um, we attached the letters in their entirety, so you could all and the public could all understand those receipts. But I want to just summarize the letter from uh, Boudin Bakery as, really focused on opposing the proposal, um, saying that Fisherman's Wharf has very current needs that the proposal would not address because of the time it would take to get to approvals and construction. And then the imp- impacts of construction could push back Fisherman's Wharf from its recovery rather than moving it forward into a recovery. Um, the letter also attached uh, included an attachment that discussed um, the type of project on the Triangle parking lot and the little Embarcadero area that the respondent would be interested in participating in if an ENA was approved. So today we're back to talk to you about how that sort of augmented the conversation we've already had with you. Um, And I want to lay out, I think, two main points in terms of staff's analysis and reaction. The first is as to that that urgency of Fisherman's Wharf. Um, I think we definitely recognize there is an urgency there now. And I think you've seen us over the last two meetings come to you with really what I would call pretty decisive actions to say we need to do something. We need to do something about the empty storefronts. We need to do something about the clean, safe and vibrant waterfront we want to see up there. And we want to do something that attracts visitors and residents back to Fisherman's Wharf so that that economic engine can come back to life. So you've approved a grant to the Fisherman's Wharf CBD that the executive director called out in her report that we're moving forward on activations. We're moving forward on more ambassadors. We're moving forward on working with law enforcement to try to address criminal activity associated with street vending. So we do feel that current urgency. But the thing that we at the port and you as the commission know is that we have a number of urgent issues along the waterfront. And another set of urgent issues that may not be a today issue, but it's very soon, is seismic risk and resilience risk. And we know that our portfolio needs a significant amount of investment that we can't pay for from our own budget. And so we see not that this proposal from Fisherman's Wharf Revitalize ignores that urgency of now. We think it's a necessary and responsible way to think about the urgency of tomorrow as well. And we think it's really important for us to consider that this investment might help us along the path to recovery. And if we can shape it in the right way, not undercut the things we're doing in the short term to try to get to that recovery. The second point I want to make is process. Um, The competitive bidding policy is in place for a reason. As a public agency, we want to give everybody a fair chance at public opportunities. We showed you this slide back in April 25th, which is the development process that jumps off when you start an exclusive negotiations agreement. This process takes upwards of 24 months in a good situation. And this is the process where we actually go out and do studies and understand what is the impact. We do detailed designs. We do detailed financial projections. We engage on the challenges that the project poses, like how are we gonna do, deal with circulation of cars and fishermen's Wharf when we lose a big parking asset and potentially lose the little Embarcadero. How are we gonna find a way to accommodate this investment while not having negative impacts to the fishing industry that the investment is designed to elevate and to bring into the center of Fisherman's Wharf. And this is also the exact same process that jumps off when you select someone after a competitive process. We're not losing any of that by not having a competitive process. What a competitive process does is allow project sponsors to bring very conceptual ideas of what they envision for port property and very conceptual ideas of what it will cost and how they'll get there. And you get a chance to look at those and say, this is the path we wanna go down. And that has value. But what the RFI shows is that there isn't another actionable development proposal that wants to invest in the way that this one does. And so a competitive process right now to support staff really would be a a delay, a, a use of time that isn't practical that doesn't advance any public policy, because it's in this process here that we're gonna figure out the questions that people have that we heard during the stakeholder engagement earlier this year. So to close, port staff's recommendation is that this proposal provides an opportunity for needed investment at Fisherman's Wharf that can be shaped through an exclusive negotiations process. This picture is not developed yet. We wanna go develop it. And so we do not believe there's another vision that's worthy of that consideration right now. We haven't heard it through five months of talking to the community and inviting people to tell us what they want to do. Accordingly, we recommend that you adopt the resolution we attached to today's item and you direct us to go ask the Board of Supervisors to give us uh, the, the waiver of the competitive bidding policy to let us figure out what's possible here. So that concludes my presentation today, but I'm very happy to answer
1: questions.
3: Thank you, Mike. Can I have a motion?
1: I still move the item. I'll second it.
3: Thank you. There is public comment. John Barnett.
13: Thank you, Commission. Um, I'm a president of the Crab Boat Owners Association. haven't even started. Um, president of the Crab Boat Owners Association representing the fishermen that have the gear storage in Pier 45. Um, agree with Stephen. This proposal makes, it's it's kind of uh, using a space that's already being rented to the fishermen. A really accessible space that we can keep our gear in. It's uh, very fisheries oriented. It's not really pleasant for the public to be in there. It's gear. It's um, Got men working, not nothing that people really, really want to see. We're not opposed. I also have a charter boat. Um, depend on the tourism, which is, I know that the, the uh, cruise ships are way up. The tourism at Fisherman's Wharf is way down. Besides the COVID year, in 25 years of doing tours and fishing trips down there, this is the slowest year. Partly because of the salmon closure, but still the slowest business year I've seen at Fisherman's Wharf. Um, and what I propose is, is the use of the buildings that are empty. Um, I agree with the competitive bid um, topic. These these restaurants are empty. You don't need a competitive bid. Nobody's taking them over. There is no competition to take over Castanola's right now. Um, they, they couldn't rent it out for what they need to get for it. So some incentive needs to be done to get these restaurants to open, to revitalize the Triangle parking lot, great. But to move on to Pier 45 when you have vacant buildings around there it makes no sense it makes no sense you're going to build a brand new structure on a pier next to vacant buildings and it's still going to be the same right there people are walking to pier 39 maybe to bodine's and then they're not finishing the walk down to the maritime museum or the argonaut or even to the the cable cars they're going around to go to the cable cars um fisherman's wharf is dead right now But anyway, we are supportive of keeping fishermen's gear storage in Pier 45 and keeping it for fishing. The main reason I wanted to speak. Thank you guys.
3: Thank you. Sarah Bates.
5: Yeah, good afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity. My name is Sarah Bates from the Crab Boat Owners Association. Our association represents the individual fishing boats and small businesses that have been (coughs) delivering seafood to San Francisco for over a hundred years. Um, and I understand, first of all thank you very much for considering projects that are going to revitalize fishermen's work because we do need some, we do need some help in that department as I'm sure everybody here knows. And I understand that this project was, or proposal was unsolicited, but I don't really understand why the Port Commission is considering it so enthusiastically um, i don't understand how we can call a fisherman's wharf without a fishing fleet i don't understand the location for this project we just heard that there's an 11.9 vacancy rate in the shed spaces of the port pier 45 is not vacant we have a waiting list for those storage spaces i am currently on the waiting list and i know people who have been on that waiting list for a very long time especially after shed c burned down and we have we we do not have enough storage for the things that we needed there Um, I don't understand where the fleet is supposed to do business. You know, the saying that we have other storage space and we can send you down to the ballpark or we can send you down to 48 or wherever is a fundamental misconception of how we use that space. This is not just storage. This is the space where we work. It would be like asking you guys to do 50% of your job here and 50% in City Hall, except that you have to go back and forth. 10 times in one day. And that's just not, it's just untenable for the way that we actually use that space. And that's a misconception to just call it storage. I don't understand where we are with the environmental review process for this. Maybe we're too early for that. What's the structural integrity of that pier? What are we doing about traffic and egress for all of the people, for all of the vehicles? If this is exposition space and museum space, what happens when there's another fire down there? How are all those people going to get out? It's a dead end. I don't understand why the other stakeholders are not involved more at this stage of the process. I know that this is just the competitive bid portion of the whole project. I know that there's many steps beyond that, but where are the other local businesses, the hotels and the restaurants that are currently down there already? Where's the fishing fleet in all of this? You know, this is this is Fisherman's Wharf and without fishing fleet there is no Fisherman's Wharf. I mean, If we're being quietly evicted from our spaces, then I think we've been there long enough that we deserve the courtesy of you just telling us that straight up. Because if we're being quietly evicted, we're all just going to, I mean, we can't do business without that space. And if we're being evicted from that space, then we're all going to start making phone calls to Half Moon Bay. You know, they've got a working ice machine, for example. So thank you very much for your time. We appreciate your consideration on this. Thank you. Larry Collins?
14: Yeah, good afternoon, director and commissioners. My name is Larry Collins. Uh, I got my first uh, lease from the port in uh, 1984, and I've had continual leases down there ever since. Um, My wife and I fished uh, for the first most of our career, and then in '11 we started the uh, co-op down there so the fishermen could have their own Uh, buying station, and now there's like 25-plus boats that are members of that co-op. You need three things for uh, a commercial fishing port to work. You've got to have access to the fish, access to the buyers, and access to infrastructure. Infrastructure is a place where you can store your gear. It's also a working fuel dock that hasn't worked for four years, and... Uh, an ice machine, which uh, the co-op has kept working miraculously for the last uh, 12 years. Um, you know, there isn't enough storage area down there now for us to give up any of A-shed. Um, and the likelihood that the port's going to rebuild sea shed uh, I've seen, you know, thousand put a dock space tore out uh, over in Fish Alley, which will never be put back. You know, I mean, things are, things are tough right now for the fleet. We don't have a salmon season this year. Um, the whale problem with the crabs, you know, it's all gloom and doom right now. And then we're going to talk about moving us out of our storage. Now, there, there could be some bright future in commercial fishing, um, they're tearing out the dams in the Klamath right now uh, for the salmon. And uh, we had really good rain this year, so three years from now could be a phenomenal salmon season. The whale populations are booming back, so the restrictions from that could, could you know, be taken lessened and lessened as it goes along. So basically our future could be bright in four or five years. But if we don't have the infrastructure there to take big quantities of fish over that dock and store our gear, then we're not going to thrive, and neither is Fisherman's Wharf. Like Sarah said, we've been there over 100 years, the fishermen. And we're basically, you know, if that if this happens and we lose our storage down there, you're, you're taking our future. And I understand why the port's doing it, because somebody wants to put big money in the in the port. And I get that. It's it's One thing I've learned is it's all about money. It took me a long time to figure that out, but now I'm old enough now that I figured that out. So don't take our future from us, please. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Matt? I'm sorry, I can't read the last name. Matt?
15: hello um, my name is Matt Wannis. I am a local commercial fisherman right there at pier 47 I have storage there at pier 45 and the sheds um, there uh, I've been selling majority of my catch off my boat there at pier 47 and trying to bring the pier and fisherman's wharf back um, without that storage shed there I have nowhere to put my gear there's no Incentives for me to be here. Unfortunately, at Fisherman's Wharf, I'd have, be looking at Half Moon Bay, Bodega Bay, Fort Bragg, because I really don't. I actually I don't live here. I live in the Central Valley, so I come here because the storage and everything has been around us. So I ask not to lose our storage and it's part of uh, part of the fishing community. Without fishermen, um, Fisherman's Wharf would just be more T-shirts.
16: Thank you. Thank you. Sean Flanning. Hi, dear. Thank you for the Port Commission for hearing this public comment. The essence and heart of San Francisco's Fisherman's Wharf, since its beginning in the mid-1800s, is the fishermen and San Francisco's fishing fleet. Despite the redevelopment from tourist attraction in the 70s and 80s, Fisherman's Wharf is still currently home to many active commercial fishermen and the heart of the fishermen's business is centered in San Francisco's iconic Fisherman's Wharf. Pier 45 Sheds A and C is the epicenter of our local commercial fishermen's business. It is perfectly located across from all the fish buyers and wholesalers. It is critical to both fishermen and wholesalers for the fishermen to have easy access to their tools and gear which are stored in Sheds A and C. With the help of the wholesalers supplying cranes and forklifts the fisherman is able to easily move their fishing gear from sheds a and c to their vessels and off their vessels and back into the shed each year before the commercial dungeness crab season which brings in tens of millions of dollars to san francisco pier 45 becomes an extremely crucial and vital staging area where tens of thousands of crab traps await to be loaded onto fishing vessels By taking away the space of Pier 45 and Sheds A&C, it will have a catastrophic negative impact on the ability for the fishermen to stage, load, and offload their crab gear, let alone selling their catch. By taking away the space of Pier 45, Sheds A&C, it will be taking away my fishing and crabbing business. My entire business equity is contained in Sheds A&C, and without it, I will be forced to relocate to a more fisherman-friendly harbor such as Half Moon Bay. By taking away Pier 45, Sheds A and Shed C, you will be taking away the very important word, fishermen, from fishermen's war. That's all. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Michael Rocino.
17: Good afternoon. My name is Michael Rossino. Thanks for letting me speak today. I'm a fourth-generation fisherman out of Fisherman's Wharf. My family's been down there since 1908, operating out of Fisherman's Wharf. I have the Lovely Martha. I own and operate the Charter Boat Lovely Martha, and I also operate a commercial fishing vessel, the Natalie Nicole. I'm against this proposal um, of eliminating or actually using or utilizing our shed space. If you guys um, do anything down there, you're taking away the small sliver that we have that the fishermen have of the waterfront. By relocating us somewhere else to keep our gear, it is going to be catastrophic to the fleet. And uh, as my fellow fishermen have already said, it will basically force fishermen out of this harbor, and you will lose the fishing fleet. Another thing, too, that I'm against the proposal is for my uh, charter business, okay? Right now, I don't think we need to be making new things. I think we need to be utilizing the buildings that are empty right now. Because this was the worst 4th of July I've ever seen in my life of being down here at Fisherman's Wharf. The business down there, the tourism is just in an all-time low. And I think we have to put our efforts into filling those vacant buildings, cleaning out the the homeless, honestly, okay, because there's a bad reputation right now that I've been hearing from people coming from out of state, and also to the illegal vendors that are down there on the street. It's basically shooing away the tourism from Fisherman's Wharf. Also, too, with that proposal of them use, utilizing uh, Shed A and C, if they do take away that storage space and do anything down there, it's going to basically bottleneck all the, tra- uh, the traffic down to a dead end and not have uh, people coming down to my business, which is between Jefferson and Jones, Jones and uh, Taylor. It's all going to bottleneck to the end of 45, and that's going to virtually hurt my business, and I'm not going to see that. Thank you for letting me speak.
3: Thank you. Is there any other public comment in the room? Seeing none, Corey, is there anyone on the phone?
4: At this time, there is no one on the phone wishing to make public comment.
3: Thank you, public comment is closed. Commissioner Harrington.
8: Thank you, Madam President. Um, thank you all for being here today, and I really do appreciate your comments. And I, if I could reiterate what, what Michael said earlier, we are not talking about what this proposal might do today. We are talking about whether we want to move forward to have the proposal even be discussed. And so I completely get your frustration and that you know this idea of you know push the fisherman out of fisherman's worth, I don't think that's the intent of anybody sitting up here for sure, or the port. but the the question is, while we're doing all these things that we agree with you are urgent, and again, hopefully filling those restaurants, hopefully doing all those kind of things, What's going to happen 3, four, five, 10, 15, 20 years from now? And this is the only proposal out there right now that talks about what, what is that future for Fisherman's Wharf. And again, I don't think the future of Fisherman's Wharf is to get rid of the fishermen. Um, but, but I do think that our, our choices are we could do nothing. We could wait for who knows how many years till the economy gets better, till our staff can put together a vision for Fisherman's Wharf, have that all vetted with the community, and maybe in several years the economy would be good enough to go out and do a request or proposal and have competitors come in and see what they want to do. What this does instead is it starts us now being able to have those kind of conversations with a partner that has the wherewithal to make those things happen it also allows us to say yes or no there's going to be so much you know make make us all crazy a process in the next several years but there's going to be so much going on that will allow all of this discussion to take place and if in fact pier 45 needs to be different from what the original proposal is i'm betting that's going to happen you know, or it's not going to go through if it's not going to be something that works for the people that are involved in this. So, I think again, I'm happy to support the move to go forward to waive the competitive bid process to allow that conversation to happen. Because absent that, really, kind of nothing happens for several years, and I don't think that's healthy for the organization. It's not healthy for Fisherman's Wharf. It's not healthy for any of us. So, I'm hoping that people can see that we are we are not jumping on this proposal and adopting it. We are simply saying we want a discussion to happen, and this is the only tool we have right now to have that discussion happen for us. Um, I do think that um, to do this, it would be good to have a couple changes to the to the item before us today. Um, one of, the, one of the items says that we received two letters of interest. There really was one letter of interest and one letter of opposition, I think, as much as anything else. So I think that would be good to clarify that. The other thing is that the Board of Supervisors will be trying to make a decision, and they're going to be relying on our resolution. I think it would be better if our resolution was clearer about why we think that this qualifies for that waiver of the competitive bidding process and so adding some words to that i think would make this a stronger kind of thing but i but i do want to assure the folks that are here today that um nothing here is going forward with without a whole lot of additional conversation and a whole lot of process that will allow all these things to come out and all these things to be heard and so i i would hope that you could stick with this for the only real possibility i see on the on the out there for the next couple of years to start doing anything about the long-term health of Fisherman's worth. So thanks for being here. Thank
3: you. Commissioner Lee.
2: <clears throat> so you, I think you guys know that I'm all about small business. I'm all in your court. You know, I I'm the champion or try to be the champion of the people that don't get a paycheck every two, two weeks. And the thing is, as long as I'm here, the fisher, you know, it's all about education too. You guys been around a hundred years. We built the railroads. You know, the next generation needs to know where the fish and how to catch crab. Fisherman Wharf is not gonna lose the fishermen. I, ch- I, ch- I tell you that right now. This proposal gives us an opportunity to find something to, to do everything you, you guys just said, but without, without cooperation from people on the outside we're going to sit here for two more years in the same predicament and you guys are going to be complaining the same thing as what we all complain about because you know i checked with the experts it's going to be 2025 before we recover from this and we have a war going on we got a lot of things that affect our tourism and we got to get our locals back in the game okay so all this does is we have a an opportunity here to hear from a set of a group of people that are interested and in trying to help and we're far from even approving anything but to, even to hear their proposal we got to get over this yeah. so trust me we're not losing the fishing industry and Fisherman's wharf this is you know like you said we are fishermen's wharf um, so for me i'm supporting to move to the negotiation phase at that time, you guys have a lot to say to the developers, and maybe, maybe they'll work it out, and maybe they'll just focus on one other area, and maybe help with your sheds. Who knows? But we can't get there until we can take this part out and move to the negotiation stage. So um, just be patient, and you know, I, I have you guys' back at least, you know, for small business. So that's, that's all I have to say.
3: Thank you, Commissioner Gilman.
1: Um, well, thank you, everyone, for your public comment. I think you're just going to hear me pile on to the love for the fishermen at Fisherman's Wharf. As someone who lives a stone's throw away, I hear the sea lions at night. Sean, I think you were selling off the boat, and I think I bought you helped me because I bought my first fresh fish from you and you gutted it for me, put it all in a bag, um, I posted it on Facebook. So, like, we we know. First of all, it's public land and the public trust under the Burton Act, and maritime fishermen is a use that we need to maintain. And again everyone has said and i'll say it again i don't think we need to throw back up the slide that's in the packet but it's available to all of you this is a two-year negotiations with these sponsors this motion and what we're sending to the board is so we can start the conversation and i would hope that out of that would be renewed space for all of you for um, it's sarah right in the back i think i met you when we had the fire at um, shed c Maybe you'll have a brand new ice machine, and I don't know enough about this to know what you guys need, but maybe out of this we modernize your facility. No one is evicting you. No one is asking this to leave. What we wanna do is open up the conversation, and it's gonna be a two-year process. And I do wanna commend the project sponsor for starting the very baby step of community outreach with the three meetings they did, and they'll need to do a million more before this process is over, and you guys are partners with us on this. So I really hope you hear this from the Commission, because we know how important Fisherman's Wharf is. But as someone who lives also, you know, who's a local, lots of my friends make their living on the port, whether it's the San Francisco Sailing Company or other businesses, we need to do something about the Triangle parking lot. We need to do something, I would hope, in this redesign, too, we can mitigate and maybe design to decrease illegal vending. There's actual built physical things we can do to help mitigate that. Project sponsors are sitting here right over to my left, and I think they're hearing all this input. I think there's a way collaboratively in two years we can have a plan that then in five years or 10 years makes the wharf a more attractive place both for you to do business, um, whatever that means, because I don't know what that means for the fishing industry, um, and so that we bring more locals back and more tourism back to a thriving wharf, both for the Fisherman's Wharf community but also for North Beach, for Barbary Coast, um, and for Chinatown that are all feeders into that community so we can all be holistic. So I hope you hear us, that we got you guys. Um, And I'm supportive of us moving forward. We learned during the pandemic that sometimes if we can reshape process a little bit, we can achieve pretty incredible things. Um, And if we were to layer on a full competitive big process, that would be at least another year to the process. So this way we can start the conversations now. So I'm supportive of this item. Thank you.
3: Thank you. And I do um, I, I appreciate my fellow commissioners' comments. And they, they make great comments. But I do want to give the project sponsors an opportunity to say, speak if they would like to.
18: Can you speak into the mic? I'm sorry. We know that this is a process. We didn't come to you with a picture that said this is the way it's going to be but a picture that we envision and we hope that we can work with other people to come to a a finalized picture that makes life better for everybody at Fisherman's Wharf, North Beach and Chinatown, which all presently are suffering. And at the end of the day, uh, I personally, as I said the last time I was here, I'm 77 years old. I was born, raised and still live in San Francisco. North Beach, Fisherman's Wharf, on a fishing boat, my Uncle Gus, my Uncle Pasquale, and then again, Boudin Bakery that is now owned by my son, but it was founded by my father and founded by the Fisherman's Wharf Bakery, myself, and my partner Sharon Duvall. Uh, we love Fisherman's Wharf. We love San Francisco. It's our intention to give back. And I welcome Larry, I welcome Sarah, I welcome them all to give us whatever input it is. And we have walked with them, and we've seen, and we've heard what they had to say. And we said to them then, and we're saying to them now, there's no final plan until they bless it. And that's what we're looking forward to doing. And if we can do it and achieve it, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing for San Francisco. And if we don't, we don't. But I think we will. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Mr. Dorado. Um, So, again... My fellow commissioners make great comments, and I think that we've all said from the very beginning that the fishing industry is a priority in this area, in this project, and we stand by that. We do know that there is an urgent need to do something in Fisherman's Wharf. We can do all the short-term investment we want but if we don't do long-term planning now it's only going to get worse Mm -hmm. so we want the opportunity to be able to look at this proposal and decide if it is something that should go in this area or should it change but as you heard Mr. Gerardo say he's going to look to you for support and what your opinion is what you need he needs to hear from you so I think we all agree that we want to, to take advantage of an investment into making Fisherman's Wharf even better. But still, the fishing industry is our top priority, because that is Fisherman's Wharf. Mm-hmm. Did you want to say something? I'm <laughs> I, have, I have a
1: suggestion. Are you want to roll here? Uh, Um, I I, I guess I just wanted to direct staff. Um, I know the Northern Advisory um, Working Group is a place that is in the waterfront plan that this would come to. I guess I'd like us to, if possible, and if this is not too staff intensive, I'd like us to form um, an advisory group um, of the folks that have space at Pier 45, maybe through the, um, I apologize. um, Fishwag. Fishwag um through the um oh my god um the collaborative that the gentleman over there is yeah. representing yeah yeah i would just like to make sure we have a specialized group where it's just not part of a larger group like the northern advisory council that we have a fisher's group that advises and gets community outreach on this project
12: uh commissioner that's a really good point we used to have a fisherman's wharf advisory committee that sort of splintered during the pandemic because there are different sets of user groups there some are more active than others So we're going to try to put that back together. And this project would be a perfect reason to do that because of all those interest groups. And we definitely want to specifically talk to the fishers along the lines that we talked about today as well.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, the co-op was the word I was searching Mm -hmm. for. It was on the tip of my tongue. So maybe we can have a subgroup just of the co-op
3: and the crappers. Our
12: maritime division is very interested in doing just that.
3: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Any other comments or questions? Director Forbes.
7: Thank you so much. This was such a rich conversation and I think all of us really appreciated hearing from the Fishers and hearing from our Commission on this um, unsolicited proposal. I would like to respond to some recommendations that Commissioner Harrington made related to findings that we would have in our resolution uh, to advise the Board of Supervisors. Uh, We had a um, a preview and work together with the city attorney and with um, our chief operating officer assistant port director Michael Martin And I'd like um, Michelle sexton our attorney to read into the record two new where as clauses and a strike of two words in the uh, Whereas clause number ten Michelle could you Thank do you. that please?
19: Commissioner so if you turn to page nine of the staff report where it incorporates the resolution We recommend changing the first whereas clause on that page so that it would read whereas the port issued the RFI on May 20, 2023 and received two letters which were summarized by port staff at the July 11, 2023 port commission meeting and semicolon and. The next change would be in the fourth whereas on that page so four paragraphs down and it would just be the deletion of now therefore be it. Is we have added two new whereases that will be paragraphs 5 and 6, reading whereas in accordance with Chapter 23 of the Administrative Code, the Board of Supervisors can waive competitive solicitation upon finding that the competitive process is impractical, impossible, or not in the public interest, semicolon, and whereas the lack of development interest in any response to the RFI indicates that the time and expense in pursuing a competitive process would be impractical and not in either the ports or public interest, semicolon, and now therefore be it. And then it continues with the legislation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can I move those amendments in?
3: Please. Yes. Is there a second? Second. Any other comments or questions? All in favor? Aye. 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 Resolution 2337 is adopted. Jenica, next item, please.
0: Item 12A is an informational presentation on three artists selected as finalists by the San Francisco Arts Commission Artist Selection Panel to develop artwork proposals for installation at the site of the Pier 27 Cruise Terminal Plaza, located at the Embarcadero between Chestnut and Lombard Streets. For callers who wish to make public comment on this item, Please dial star three to raise your hand to comment.
2: Good afternoon, Commissioners and Executive Director Elaine Forbes. My name is Ryan Wassam. I'm a planner with the Ports Planning and Environment Division. And I am here with my colleague, Dan Hodup, as well as the San Francisco Arts Commission Project Manager for the project, Marcus Davies. And we have an exciting project update for you all. on the Pier 27 Cruise Terminal Plaza public art, as well as the top three selected artists. And with that, I'm gonna hand it over to Marcus Davies to begin the presentation for you all.
20: Hi, good afternoon, commissioners. Um, I, as Ryan said, I'm I'm gonna um, walk us through the process to date, um, the results of the process, and then next steps. So just to recap, On September 22, 2022, the port entered into an MOU with the San Francisco Arts Commission to administer the uh, uh, commissioning of an artist or arts team to develop and execute an artwork for the Pier 27 Cruise Terminal Plaza. The singular sculpture, or series of smaller sculptures, will be located adjacent to the Embarcadero pedestrian entrance and will contribute to the activation of future Beltline building uses and the transit experience for the cruise terminal passengers. The core art project goals developed with the port project management and in keeping with uh, BCDC, their policies state that the artwork should be positioned to invite visitors. The artwork should be visible from points north and south along the Embarcadero. The artwork should embrace and highlight its visual connection to the bay and consider geographic, cultural, and historic relationships to the site and its surrounding areas. It should be universally accessible and accommodating and appropriately scaled to the site. And it should be fabricated with consideration of sustainable materials and constructed as permanent and maintainable within an urban and marine environment. Did, did, did we lose the? I think we lost steamer? it. There we go. Yeah. All right, um, so the goals of the Pier 27 Art Enrichment Project also align with the larger intent of the Arts Commission's Civic Art Collection, the Art Commission and the City's Civic Art Collection, to promote a rich, diverse, and stimulating cultural environment in order to enrich the lives of the city's residents, visitors, and employees, and to enhance the city's image both nationally and internationally. The total project art enrichment amount for this project is $330,000 as generated by the city's 2012 general obligation bond for parks and open space. The artwork budget is $136,000, inclusive of all artist fees and associated ex- expenses for artwork design, fabrication, insurance, and transportation. I should clarify that 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 is the artist contract. Additional site work and insulation allocation will be managed by the San Francisco Arts Commission and is budgeted at $83,700. The remainder is project management costs and conservation, and a conservation reserve, our typical 20% project management set-aside and 10% conservation set-aside. The RFQ was issued on October 20th, 2022, and extended to January 13th, 2023, to accommodate the holidays and allow for additional outreach through the distribution channels shown here. At the close of the RFQ, we received a total of 144 applications with 91 California-based applications 58 Bay Area based applications, 34 San Francisco based applications, and overall 57 applicants who identified as BIPOC, which is a voluntary demographic field in our application materials. So just to walk us through the process to date, the applications were reviewed by an artist qualification panel on January 31st, 2023, consisting of a representative from the Arts Commission staff and two arts professionals. The panel identified a list of 28 applicants to be considered for the project opportunity, and the scoring criteria included the following. Artistic merit, relevant skills and experience, appropriateness, and appropriateness of the artist's work to the goals of the project and the civic art collection. This shortlist was then presented to a panel consisting of a representative of the client agency, BCDC, and the Pier 27 design team, three arts professionals, an arts commissioner, and a community representative. The artist review panel recommended three finalists for the Ports Commission's review. The finalists are Ana Teresa Fernandez, James Shen, and David Brooks, and we'll be reviewing their work in just a minute. The finalists will be asked to develop conceptual proposals after attending an orientation session with the project team and key stakeholders. Each finalist will be paid an honorarium of $2,000 for the development of a conceptual design proposal. The proposals will then be displayed near the project site and posted on the Arts Commission website f- for written public comment prior to the final review panel meeting. The review panel will reconvene to consider the finalist concepts in an interview format along with public comment and input from the Port Commission uh, an advisory committee. And at the end of the process, one a project artist will be recommended for the Arts Commission's final approval. The schedule is to be determined with the goal of having an artist under contract by um, end of fourth quarter this year, moving into fabrication next year. So just a few notes on our. Uh, some some uh, biographical notes on our three artist finalists, starting with Ana Teresa. Ana Teresa Fernandez's work creates moments of activation and changes in communities, and her practice creates experiences and ways for individuals to feel an awareness of what has been left unnoticed or silenced. She engages the public through the power of somatic learning to evoke curiosity and motivate change. She recently exhibited the Armory Show in New York City and was spotlighted as a guest of honor at the Paris Photo Fair. Fernandez has developed two large-scale public art pieces in San Francisco and is currently engaged with the city of Napa in creating a permanent art piece to be installed in the fall of this year. She's also created permanent public projects in Brazil, South Africa, Haiti, and Mexico. Her work is in the permanent collections of the Fine Art Museums of San Francisco, the Indianapolis Museum of Art, Blanton Museum of Art, University of Texas, Denver Art Museum, the Nevada Art Museum, the National Museum of Mexican Art in Chicago, and the Cottist Art Foundation in San Francisco and Paris. She lives in surfs in the outer sunset and has a studio in the Bayview. And her connection to the project site is her love for the ocean. Our next artist is James Shen. James Shen heads the Long Beach Studio of People's Architecture Office, a multidisciplinary practice focusing on social impact through art, and design. His award-winning work has received international recognition. With a background in architecture, art, and product design, he has 20 years of professional experience creating places that inspire social interaction and connection and has completed projects spanning North America, Europe, and Asia. As a child of Chinese refugees that immigrated to the US through San Francisco, ports are significant in his personal history. His family worked at the ports of Guangzhou and Hong Kong, and like many Cantonese from these places, came to the U.S. through the port of San Francisco and resided in nearby Chinatown. He understands the important role of ports and has watched their revitalization through his experience living in Long Beach and Boston and visiting San Francisco. And our third artist is David Brooks. David Brooks' work investigates how cultural concerns cannot be divorced from the natural world while questioning the terms under which nature is perceived and utilized. Embracing a research-based practice, their work considers the ecological crisis between the individual and the built and natural environments. Brooks has participated in talks at the Exploratorium, residencies at Headland Center for the Arts, and has conducted aquatic research at the Farallon Islands. Additionally, they have permanent commissions in the Miami-Dade Art in Public Places Collection, the city of Changwon in South Korea, and the Storm King Art Center. Brooks has has exhibited at the Aldrich Contemporary Art Museum in Connecticut, the Dallas Contemporary um, Teaching Museum, and Art Gallery in New York, Sculpture Center in New York City, the Visual Arts Center in Austin, and the Nevada Museum of Art. And with that, I thank you all again for your time, and I am um, happy to welcome any questions that you may have. And looking forward to, to next steps on this exciting project.
3: Thank you, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Is there any public comment? Seeing none, Corey, is there anyone on the phone?
4: At this time, there is no one on the phone wishing to make public comment.
3: Thank you, Commissioner Gilman.
1: Um, Marcus, I just wanted to thank you, and I also wanted to thank the selection committee um, as, as someone who had an optional opportunity to participate in the selection committee and had to bow out because of the tremendous workload that those individuals and humans signed up for. I just really want to commend the um, QRFP panel that came together to get to these three. As someone who was on that email traffic, it was a lot of work, so I just really want to thank you. Port staff um, and the citizens of San Francisco who made up that panel. Um, we have really exciting folks here. It's a shame we're going to have to whittle it down to one. Um, I wish we could accommodate them all. Um, and then, even though most of the public has left from the previous mm-hmm. autumn, I just wanted to point out that from conception to bringing this back to us will be a year in the process. That's and right. this is sometimes the length and time that a competitive process takes to solicit these these kinds of opportunities. So I just also wanted to illustrate that and just really thank you. Um, all of these are exciting opportunities. I have no substantive questions.
20: Great, thank you.
3: Thank you, Commissioner Lee.
2: Oh, no comment. I'm I'm, come, from our background, my, my family. So I like the story about the one, uh, immigrant artist who came through, the port because mm. yeah, a lot, lot, lot of the Chinese immigrants did come through the port, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, d- did the, um, the selection go based on? I mean, how was it really based? Was it based on just the design? They come up with a proposal, or did they? We're more interested in their background, their history.
20: The latter, we're reviewing application materials that essentially contain um, the artist' past experience, um, examples, visual examples of past projects, um, an artist' um, letter of interest, and CV. Um, if the panelists are willing to dig down to that level and, yeah. and, um, but, um, yeah, it's based on past work. And then the, the, um, the intention of the artist orientation, which is our next step is to meet with the artists and the project team to give them all of the, the, the kind of more intimate knowledge and familiarity of the project site, as well as all the technical information that they'll need to develop strong and successful proposals that are, that are absolutely site specific.
2: Right. Look forward to seeing the
20: winner.
3: <laughs> thank you, Commissioner Harrington. Uh, yes, thank you for bringing
8: this to us. Um, looking at some of these proposals, these aren't proposals. Some of these work that they've done before. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if how what we're going to get for $136,000. Um, I realize only 40% of the total budget here goes to the artist, but for example, Miss Fernandez's dream thing very reminiscent of Ned Kahn and I, I think he charges a million dollars for these things. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm hoping we can, we can get some of this because, again, it's, it's, it seems like a lot of money unless you're trying to do something like this, I realize, so hopefully it'll work out.
20: That's – you bring up good points and, and a conversation that we've already started with all of the, uh, the finalists um, and e- even in the application process, all artists were aware of the budget. Uh, before even applying. So it's our job, the Arts Commission and mine in particular as the project manager to work with the artists to ensure that there are successful and impressive proposals that are well within budget and meet all of the goals and the constraints of the project site and we end up with a successful artwork that is durable over a long period of time. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) We've done it before.
3: (laughs) Marcus, thank Mm -hmm. you again. what is my question here my question here what are we looking for at pier 27 what's the concept for what they're designing
20: well we're looking for an artwork that really speaks to the goals that i've kind of outlined in 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 working with in partnership with the port and bcdc we want an artwork that is responsive to these core uh sorry it's not back up on the uh On the screen but the you know the core project goals the the invitation to visitors um, visibility along the Embarcadero highlighting the connection to the bay and the plaza space itself for um, the cruise ship uh, visitors as well as the casual visitors to the plaza space Um, we want to make sure that the artwork is accessible in all possible ways um, that it's accommodating and appropriately scaled to the site and that the artwork should be fabricated with sustainable and durable materials that are suitable to a, you know, to be honest, a tough marine environment that will demand a lot of the artwork and the artist's choice of their in their material palette. So all, it all kind of folds back to these project goals that we've um, outlined at the outset of the project.
3: Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you, uh, and I'm sorry I missed that. No, that's but fine. Um, so it's just really open to what they conceive, and, th- and at this point. These three will be giving you renderings of their visions.
20: While working closely with Arts Commission staff, um, and in, in particular our conservation team, um, again to make sure that there are no missteps during the conceptual phase, and that they are ultimately delivering an artwork proposal that you know speaks to and addresses the project goals, is appropriate to the site, um, is within budget. To Commissioner Harrington's point. Um, and that really is a process that we, the Arts Commission, pride ourselves on, and, it's, and it, it, it is a, a generally a three-month process where we are working intimately and very regularly with all three artists in their proposal development phase. So we start to get a sense of what their proposals look like early on and then work with them within reason to shape them into something that is, that is wholly appropriate to the site and presentable to the um, final selection panel and, and then our commissioning bodies.
3: Thank you, and mm-hmm. I really want to commend you on the great outreach that you the, that you've done, and to um, the artists that you have submitting proposals because of this this is great work, and I think any of these three could uh, give us a p- great product, and I hopefully it fits within budget.
13: <laughs>
20: it has to be <laughs> right,
13: right.
3: <laughs> so um, next time we see you, we're going to see. Uh, the selected proposal
20: that's right that's right
3: okay and potentially Looking even hear from our
20: selected artists which would be a great addition to the, the process that's what great. we do for for our commissioners at our committees so if you'd entertain it i think that would definitely be, that would be we'd
3: definitely like to see the winner
20: we're, we're excited to just continue a very successful kind of long-term partnership with the port that has produced some really great public art in the past yeah so just continuing yes. in 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 that tradition and those footsteps
3: yeah i was mm-hmm. on the selection committee for the bayview gateway Oh, which came out really nice. Love it that project Wonderful also. work down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. We Great. look forward to seeing you again. All right. We'll
20: see you soon. Thank you, everyone.
3: Thanks. Thank you. Jenica, next item, please.
0: Item 13 is new business.
7: I have not recorded new business from the discussion. Is there any new bi- other new business?
1: Um, I, I have one. I just have a request for a briefing from staff and from Hudson Pacific on the plans to revamp and modernize and refresh aspects of the Ferry Building.
3: Any other new business? If not, can I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. All in favor? Aye. 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 The meeting is adjourned at 5.02 PM.